lot of us, we get so caught up on the fruit of our lives instead of looking at the root of our lives and saying, mm, who am I actually yeah. connected with? Yeah. What, what, you know, it, at the end of the day, um, that, that is the thing that defines me. Then what I do is like an added bonus. You know, my wife, I have the most amazing wife and she always says, your something is greater than someone else's nothing. Just at a cafe uh, near our home and I said to the girl, her name was Melissa, I said, Melissa, um, question, how many people today have told you that God loves you? She goes, none. She goes, in fact, no one has ever told me that God loves wow. me. And she was in her 30s in Melbourne and no one had ever told her that God loves her. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Dangerously Normal. My name is Dave Meikle and in this podcast, our desire is to encourage and equip you to step into your calling fully, to step out of your church and into your own world and to do something amazing, the very unique thing that God has called you to do in your world. Today, I'm wearing my Hope hat because I've got a conversation with my very good friend, Andrew Scarborough. Andrew is a coach, he's an evangelist, and he's also a ministry director for Youth for Christ Australia. Today's conversation is called The Great Harvest. It's a conversation about evangelism, how to share Jesus on the streets, and what discipleship might look like in that sort of sense, and how to stay passionate about the lost. It's a really interesting conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get straight into it. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dangerously Normal. Today, I'm with my friend, Andrew Scarborough, and he's a good friend of mine. We've been friends for a few years and he's doing amazing things all over the world, uh, especially in Australia. But uh, Andrew, I just want to sort of start off, I guess. Um, who are you and what are you passionate about? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's so good to see you and it's good to be here. Yeah. Um, so exciting. You know, I'm excited about things like this. I'm excited about sharing Jesus with people and equipping people to be evangelists, oh. equipping people to be, you know, the church wherever they live, work and play. And so um, I've been, you know, I grew up in a Christian home very much. Uh, I would say that I've always kind of known that God is there, but I had this perception that I had to basically earn my way into God's favor, earn my way um, into the kingdom. And and that didn't go too well um, mm. for me. I ended up uh, a drunk, suicidal mess, uh, really was not in a good way. And I was working in a bar one day and a man walked in who I'd never met before. And he said to me very simply, um, Andrew, God loves you so much and you've got to come back to him. And it was one sentence from a stranger and it changed my whole life forever because I realized that verse, you know, while we were still sinners, Christ mm. died for us, mm. that God actually comes into our mess and he says, I love you and I want to take you out of that place and I want to, you know, uh, give you that, that position of son. I want to make you a new creation, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you don't have to earn it. You just get to become it as a free free gift from God. And so um, kind of my my story is really what has drives my passion because I'm, I'm always thinking to myself, because uh, that man, I'd never, uh, never met him before. And I always think, what if he hadn't mm. shared Jesus with me? What if he'd not opened his mouth? And uh, 
And so I'm very passionate about equipping the church to actually open their mouths to share Jesus mm. and, and to see uh, evangelism be a part of our everyday. Um, there's a whole lot of other things kind of in, in that package, if, if that makes sense. Um, there's a whole lot of other things that uh, my story fuels, but my main thing is uh, uh, not just getting out there and sharing Jesus with people, which I'm doing all the time, but equipping others to do the same, to see the church rise up and really uh, take this nation, the nation of Australia, but also the nations of the world um, for Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's one of the things that I think for me has been really, I guess, inspirational is spending time with you either you know, here in Australia or overseas on mission with you, just seeing the way that, um, that you are listening for every opportunity and looking for every opportunity to speak life into somebody. Um, now you've got a bit of a background in um, in being a church pastor and that sort of stuff. Um, do you want to talk briefly around um, how you went from being a, a church pastor uh, into being, I guess, um, yeah, you're sort of operating outside the church walls as such. Like, um, tell us about the journey of that because I guess I, I've noticed a lot of people, if you go to ministry school or something like that, you're going with the intention of um, working in a church. And uh, I, I find, I always find it interesting to hear people's stories of, yeah, I was working in a church, but then I'm not anymore. Like, tell us about that transition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that might have been a little bit of my story that, that I didn't unpack is after the bar, I did, I, um, I ended up uh, saying, right, I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to jump into to the church world. And I actually subtly, unconsciously, I actually um, think part of what happened is I traded, uh, I traded some of the dysfunctions I had in trying to impress God um, when I was younger for some dysfunctions in ministry in that I went into ministry, but there was always this thought of, wow, God must be so proud of me because of ministry. Mm. And it's like, surely I should have learned that if he loved me so much to send a stranger into the bar I was working in, then he loves me enough to, you know, that I don't have to do anything, but you know, sometimes it takes a while for us to learn these lessons. And so um, I went into ministry, uh, like you said, pastoring, being in the church world in that way for about 10 years after that moment in the bar. And it wasn't until uh, I lost lost a job that I had at a church. Uh, it's it an amazing job. We were planting a church, but I uh, ended up not having that job anymore. And it wasn't until I got stripped back of ministry that I really started to ask the question. I asked the Lord, I asked myself, I asked friends, I asked mentors. What, what is the primary thing that God has called me to do on this earth? Mm. And, you know, I'm 33 and it's interesting because when I was wrestling with these questions, it was when I was 30, which it's not lost to me that that's when Jesus entered into to full-time ministry. So I'm coming into my 30s and I'm really wrestling because the church world was was good and is good and I still work with local churches. I love the local church so much. But I came to a point in my life where I've be, 
my passion for the lost was so great that I was finding that your everyday um, church role just wasn't quite working for me. And it's it's not that uh, that you know being a pastor is anything less than or anything like that. But the Western church is predominantly structured around a teacher shepherd. Mm. And I realized that I'm way more an evangelist than I am a teacher shepherd in terms of pastor. It used to be that denominations would hire evangelists. So the Baptist church would actually have an evangelist and it was their job to go around and share Jesus and do you know, rallies and crusades mm. and events for the lost and share Jesus on the streets. We just don't do that anymore. I, I know very few churches that would say, oh, this is our kids' pastor, our youth pastor, our young adults' pastor, our men's pastor, our women's pastor, our senior pastor. Oh, and this is our evangelist or this is our prophet or this mm. is, a, you know, it just is very, very rare. And so while I had this time of really searching out, you know, if I could do anything in the world, what would it be? I knew the answer was to share Jesus with people. And so we just... Uh, when we had that gap in employment with churches, made a decision, right, we're jumping into evangelism and uh, doing that full-time, whatever that looks like. So I worked in a cafe for a period of time. I worked for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Now I work for Youth for Christ. And I would, if I had a church role in terms of as a pastor that would allow me to be as evangelistic as I am now, I wouldn't be opposed to going back into the you know, into a traditional church. But I will say I've never felt more myself than I do right now uh, with Youth for Christ. Um, uh, my role is ministry director, and it's a, a ministry that Billy Graham was the first president of, and we're all about peer-to-peer evangelism and discipleship, seeing a nationwide revival in Australia through young people. I'm just like a kid in a candy store, you know. I am just loving getting to share Jesus all around Australia, but also raise up others uh, to get out there. Mm. So, yeah, so definitely have had a transition from pastoring to, I guess, what you would call maybe parachurch. Um, But whether I was working in a cafe or working for a ministry, um, what matters most to me in this season is that I get to share Jesus with Mm. people. Um, And you can't share Jesus with non-Christians when you're constantly surrounded by Christians. And that's why this kind of outside of that world has helped a lot. Yeah, Mm. Yeah. Um, obviously we're down on the Gold Coast right now um, and uh, we're down here at schoolies where there's a lot of people out there who are actually looking for something. Um, And so we've just been out this afternoon and the whole time you're, you're off Oh, I've got to go talk to this person, that person, that person. So it's really fun watching, uh, watching you operate mm. in that sort of realm. And I think uh, when, we're, when we're in the walls of the church constantly, we kind of forget almost that there's a world out there that are desperate to hear of God's love. And, um, and yeah, so I just wanted to sort of um, encourage you in, around mm. that. Like it, it is inspiring. Um, Bringing it back to, um, I guess, some of your journey, um, w- I think a lot of us, we, we kind of, so this podcast, this, uh, this series is all around trying to discover the call of God on your life and, and actually stepping into that. Mm. Um, 
And I know you, you have gone on a bit of a journey to go from, um, from where you were to where you are now. And I wonder if you could sort of talk to uh, how you deal with um, maybe some of the uh, disappointment or confusion around God gave me a calling or, or gave me a mission, but I'm either no longer walking in that or I haven't yet reached that. Mm. Um, like how do you, I guess, um, process that and what was your process and your journey to being where you are now? It's a really good question because I think it's something that um, many people struggle with. It's definitely been a huge theme throughout my life. So when I was in high school, I wanted to become a doctor. When I didn't become a doctor, I wanted to get into ministry. And then I couldn't get into ministry because I was too young and I hadn't been to Bible college. And then I got into ministry and then I was like, in terms of you know youth pastoring, young adults pastoring and church planting, I was like, this is great. But I just want to reach the loss more, and then I, you know, you know, it's like the grass is always greener on the other side. Mm. We're always thinking, gee, if I get there, if I, you know, if if I just achieve that, and we can do that in ministry. It's not just a thing with career or with the size of your house or the type of car you drive. Even in ministry, we can say, well, if I get into that ministry, then surely I'll be content. Surely I'll be fulfilled. Um, I think the biggest thing for me and that the encouragement that I would give anyone that's going, I'm really going after the call of God on my life and I want to step into it and maybe I haven't seen it yet or whatever, is I would be asking two questions. The first question I would be asking is, what is the one thing that will never be taken away from you? Mm. What is the one thing that you can always be and always do, no matter what season, no matter what stage of life you're in. And that that is being a child of God. Yeah. That is being in relationship with God. So the primary thing I would say is you can't fail, you can't miss out on being a child of God if you just believe and just receive that reality. Mm. And I think a, a, lot of, a lot of us, we get so caught up on the fruit of our lives instead of looking at the root of our lives and saying, mm, who am I actually yeah. connected with? Yeah. What, what, you know, it, at the end of the day, um, that, that is the thing that defines me. Then what I do is like an added bonus. And that's been a huge journey for me, reading books like Healing the Orphan Spirit, um, Isolation in the Life of a Leader, you know, having experiences in my life where I have just been stripped back and I've had to ask the question, cool, if I'm not a ministry, if I'm not my job, if I'm not my position, even as a husband or a dad, who am I? What am I? I'm a child of God. And so when you get that, that'll stabilize everything for you. So my encouragement for people is work out who you actually are. And then the next thing I would say is ask that question, which I had to ask when I had this break, it was like, okay, what do I do now? I was kind of, I came to a point where I was like, I actually have the gift of choosing now. Do I jump back into pastoring or do I do something else? And there's a question that I actually did a, a coaching um, series on this, which people can get if they just go to, uh, it's arrowadvice.com. Yep. I'll put the, um, um, the notes in the, in the podcast. Yeah. So that, people can click so on the link. Have, have a look at that. Because I did this, uh, this series on it from here to there, how do we actually move into the thing that we feel we're being called to? And the question that I tell people to ask is this, 
if money wasn't an obstacle and you couldn't fail, what would you be doing? And the, the beauty for me in this season, and you know, who knows in the future, I don't know. But the beauty for me is I'd be doing exactly what I'm doing right now. So I'm mm. so thankful to God that, um, and I didn't even want to take this job when it came up, but I'm so thankful to God that he really worked on my heart and now um, working with Youth for Christ is such a joy. But regardless of what you're doing, settle that you're a child of God, oh, settle your identity right. in him. And then ask the question, hey, if I could do anything, what would I do? And what if God is that good, which I believe he is, what if he has that many resources, which I believe he has, mm. that, that he actually could get you into the very thing that makes you come alive? You know, the Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy, but Jesus comes to bring us life and life to the full. And I believe that that means that we don't have to just survive our career choice or survive, you know, our nine to five. We can actually thrive in it. Mm. And, um, and we really can make a difference with our lives. So. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I love that because um, I've experienced a lot of disappointment as well, mm. um, feeling that maybe God's calling me to this or to that. And, um, but yeah, I can agree bringing it back to who, who are you in, in God, like as a child of God, and you come back to that relationship, you come back and make that your focus. Um, when that's your identity, then what you're doing doesn't really matter so much. Now, do you want to take us on a, on a journey to, into what it looks like to actually uh, share God's love with somebody on the streets? Yeah, absolutely. Because like, I think for, for me, you know, if, if you are in a, you, you are always in that sort of environment of, um, of, of church, you don't realise, I guess, how easy it is to start a conversation with somebody who doesn't know God. Um, so what does it look like when you're actually walking through an airport like we've done a few times mm. or um, on the street on the Gold Coast or in Melbourne where you're from, like at a cafe? Like how do you, how do you I guess, walk out what it is to be an evangelist? Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> um, the, you ask good questions. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you should do this more often. <laughs> I mean, um, just do that. Yeah, come on. I think the, the, the first thing I would say um, is ask the Lord to show you who's in front of you. Mm. Um, Heidi Baker, one of her, uh, she's a, a, I've done a little bit of uh, ministry with her organisation and she's an amazing missionary over in Mozambique. And she always talks about stop for the one. Mm. See the one in front of you and stop for the one in front of you. And one of the things that uh, has really impacted me is when we allow God to show us actually who's in front of us and who's around us, that's like the first step. And man, it can get messy. Like mm. God just breaks your heart because all of a sudden you see, whoa, mm. I've just been treating my petrol station attendant, my barista, my neighbour, even family and friends, like just some sort of commodity. And now you get to see them as, as children of God. You know, you get to see them as mm. someone made in the image of God. And many don't actually know their worth. They don't know their value. And the reality is they're headed for eternity without God mm. unless you introduce them to God. The Bible says, how will they hear unless they're told? And we actually have to go and we have to speak to these people. Mm. So first thing I tell people is um, ask God to reveal 
just to take the blinders off you, to reveal those that are around, around you. And the second thing I say is this, um, just begin to have conversations that will take people closer to God than where they are right now. Mm. You know, my wife, I have the most amazing wife, and she always says, your something is greater than someone else's nothing. And so I yeah. said to a, a girl recently, I was That's at a, uh, I was at a, just at a cafe uh, near our home. And I said to the girl, her name was Melissa. I said, Melissa, um, question, how many people today have told you that God loves you? She goes, none. She goes, in fact, no one has ever told me that God loves wow. me. And she was in her thirties in Melbourne and no one had ever told her that God loves her. Wow, that's the kind of thing you'd imagine in, in a world where Jesus isn't the primary, um, you know, faith. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, it was, what hit me was, if all I do is tell her God loves her, which I then said to her, well, I'm gonna be the first. God loves you so yeah. much. He created you, he wants to have a relationship with you and he loves you so much. If that's all you do for that person, and then another person comes, plants another seed, or, you know, one plants the seed, the other one waters, you know, God brings the yeah. increase, right? Is I just encourage people, like, all you have to do is say, Jesus loves you, God loves you. Um, hey, do you know what Jesus did on the cross for you? Um, and God bless you. You know, there's, mm. there's certain things we can say, there's certain things we can do. And just by your by simple conversation with someone, you'll be so surprised at uh, the impact that you can have. Mm. Um, so mm. I encourage people, just start, just start somewhere, mm. start anywhere, because whatever you do is better than doing nothing. Mm. That's really good. That's really mm. good. Um, because I think sometimes we feel like we have to do everything. Mm. Um, we have to um, tell them, you know, tell them about Jesus. We have to get them to say a prayer. We have to get them to come to church. We have to get them, you know, we've got this list almost that we have to tick off yeah. um, when we're thinking about evangelism. And then we just get overwhelmed. Yeah. And we and people will say, I don't want to start the conversation because what if they ask me questions? But, you know, the enemy does not want you to share your faith. Let me be super yeah. clear about that. He does not want you to share your faith. So he will hit you with lie after lie after lie. And you'll have these thoughts that are not your own. They're from the enemy. Like, you don't have answers, you don't have what it takes. What if they ask questions? You're going to make Jesus look like an idiot. You're going to look, make Christians look foolish. You're going to, you know, don't listen to them. You just share and trust that God will build his church. Trust that it's actually God that's drawing these people. It's actually God that's going to do the work. The thing is, you and I can have the most intelligent theological conversation with someone. Mm. And if the Holy Spirit doesn't work, they won't get saved. You'll, you know, and yet, you can just say to someone, God loves you so much and you've got to come back to change their whole life, mm. saved, healed, mm. you know. And so I just encourage um, you, I encourage others, just do something and allow the Lord, trust the Lord to, to meet you in that gap. Yeah. Mm. What would you do in terms of, um, for, for those who might be asking or, or afraid of um, the discipleship side of evangelism, um, you know, people who might be like saying, uh, well, if I, if I get someone saved on the streets, what happens then? Like, who's going to oh. discipleship, like, discipleship them? And um, like, am I really making a difference? Uh, because what happens after that? Because then, say for example, 
you're visiting the city or, or you're yeah. never going to see this person again. Yeah. Like, how do you then do discipleship from there? Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely something, once again, that I think the enemy can play on where people go, I'm not going to share because I don't want to just, you know, lead someone to the Lord and they're not. But if, if that conversion is genuine, they will actually seek out. Mm. The other thing is I carry a card with my phone number on it. So I'm like, hey, man, it was so great to pray with you tonight and to share Jesus with you. You said that you want to follow Jesus. This is my phone number. I'd love to keep in touch with you. We had an experience recently. My good friend Isaac, who also works for Youth for Christ, we were over in Perth. He meets a guy on a Monday. On a Saturday, he he shared Jesus. The guy was interested. Mm. Look, let's exchange details. On the Saturday, led him to the Lord, baptized him in the river in Perth, and then got him connected with local Christians. Not just that, got him then to share the gospel with those around him. And I'd encourage anyone who's uh, interested in this kind of not just evangelizing but disciple making and have a look at the four fields. So just Google four fields, uh, evangelism. You look on YouTube, there's heaps of videos. You can go to yfc.org.au. AU, we've got resources there as well. Um, so that's the Youth for Christ website. Because I just believe, I do believe we have to take seriously discipleship, right? Yeah. Like last night I shared Jesus with a guy from Denmark. We're now friends on Facebook. And if and I now have to journey with him, right? You don't just one and done, yep, mm. that was great, yay. You know, it, you don't want to, you don't want to, pick the fruit and then drop it on the ground and let it rot, right? But don't allow that to become, I guess what I'm saying is don't allow a fear of, oh, what if they don't get discipled to be the reason you don't ever share Um, and take responsibility when people do make decisions. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, Mm. it's, it is, it is so important. And I think it's such a crucial, crucial, crucial um, element to this whole piece is yes, let's be evangelists, but let's also be mm. disciple makers. Yeah. That's why I love this yeah. this tool called the Four Fields, and I really do encourage people to look mm. into that. Yeah, and I think that's really important for people to remember because again, coming back to the Western Church model, is there's a man on stage who is there to disciple, um, whereas really, if you come back to us being disciples we're called to actually disciple others. And so therefore we need to take responsibility. If we are bringing someone to, to Christ, then let's not forget our responsibility to actually walk that person as well. Um, and because, yeah, I think it's too easy in, in our culture to just give it over to somebody else. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, it's irresponsible. Mm. And I tell people this, I say, you don't grab a baby that's just been born and then throw them into, um, you know, like just throw them into another department of the hospital mm. or just send straight them home straight away or, yeah, send them into child. The, the midwife actually makes the choice, the, the, the team in that, in that department of the hospital, I've got three kids now, that they make the choice, when is this child ready to go home with mum? The child's feeding well. We've checked everything's okay. Okay. And then they follow up with mum and they make sure that mum's actually doing a good job of Mm. looking after the baby. If 
you're local and someone comes to the Lord and they're local in your area, journey with them until you're convinced they're ready to be fed by another if that's appropriate. So whether it's a pastor or a ministry. And then make sure you check in and make sure that that pastor is actually doing a good job. And if they're not local, then it's like, you know, you, you meet someone, you share Jesus with them. Just do your very best to make sure that they're journeying well. And, you know, the beauty of the world we live in is you've got text messages, you've got phone calls, you've got Zoom, you've got Skype, yeah. you've got, you know. Yeah, it's easy you, to stay in contact. Oh, seriously. And we have to be prepared um, to, to go on the journey with people. Hey, that's mm. really good. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm wondering if you can share some testimonies from the last few weeks, because I know that you've you've had a lot of really cool opportunities. Look, I'll I'll tell uh, I'll tell three stories um, really quickly, and they've got a, a common theme in that they're stories of second chance. Mm. And it, the reason I want to tell these stories, and these all happened within the last month, is because it's a reminder that it's actually God that's building the church. It's actually God that sets this up. We just step into His setup. So the first story uh, was. Just recently went out for breakfast with a couple of friends, Christian friends. We see this girl running by. There was something about her. I said, I should share Jesus with her, but she's gone. Oh man, oh, I should have shared Jesus with her. Two days later, I'm going for a run and I go for this massive run. And on my way back, I mean, it was a way longer run than I would have normally gone on, but I really felt just keep running, Andrew, keep running. On my way back from this run, there's this girl from the breakfast the other day. Mm. I stood right in front of her and she begins to swear at me. Like, what wow. are you doing standing in front of me? I'm going for a run. And I said, I'm so sorry. It's just the other morning you were running past this cafe a little bay. My friend and I noticed you. There was something about you. And I just feel like I'm meant to encourage you that Jesus loves you so much. She like nearly like changes color. She starts tearing up. She says, you would not believe the day I have had. And right this very minute, I was thinking to myself, I need to go back to church. She used to go to church as a kid with her grandparents. Mm. And I was literally thinking, I need to go back to church. And now you're standing in front of me, telling me that Jesus loves me. With this big church, gives me a hug. And she just ran off like, I don't even know if she ran off. She kind of like stumbled off. (coughs) Excuse me totally amazed Mm. at what had just happened. Uh, Recently, I I saw a man begging. He was begging for money. And I felt the Lord say, give him all the money you have in your pocket. Well, we're in a bit of a financially tight space. And uh, I thought to myself, "Uh, actually, I need to put that money in the bank. I was on my way to the bank when I saw this man begging. So I put the money in the bank. Uh, The Lord's so gracious. He's like, Andrew, you were meant to give that man all that money. Then I remember I've got some British pounds from a trip I did recently. And I also had a little bit of money in my phone, um, tucked into my phone. So I changed the money, um, pounds to dollars. Now I have basically the same amount of money I had before. And I go up to this man and just out of fear, and let me just say like perfect love casts out fear. If you're ever feeling fearful of doing something God's asking you to do, just ask for an increase of love. Anyway, Mm. I'm feeling fearful. I'm not loving this man the way Jesus loves him. And so I give him half the money because I'm worried about, you know, our bank 
balance and all this. And I start walking to the car and the Lord says to me, because I've been gifted, uh, uh, it had been promised, it hadn't arrived yet, but I've been promised a couple of thousand dollars to go to this school of evangelism over in Florida with Christ for All Nations. And the Lord said to me, Andrew, I can give you $2,000, but you can't give this man 200 And it just hit me as I was going to turn the key, you know. Mm. So I stopped the car, said to the guys, I was with, I'll be back in a minute. I ran back and I gave him the rest of the money. And as I gave him the rest of the money, this love for him just overwhelmed me. And I said, his name's Michael. I said, Michael, has anyone ever shared the gospel with you? Has anyone ever shared what Jesus did on the cross for you? He said, no, never. And I was able to share the gospel. And from the moment I said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, he began to weep. And as I talked about how we were separated from God and then Jesus came to bring us back into relationship with God, he just wept and he wept and he wept. And at the end of the the conversation, I put my hand on his shoulder and we prayed together. I said, if you want to come to this event we're at, I said, there's no pressure because what you need to do now is follow Jesus. I'm just giving you some some suggestions as to how you can do that well. I said, if you want to come to this event, we can get your Bible, you know, love to see you there. And anyway, he came, came to the event. It was a beautiful time. And uh, it was because uh, there was this uh, this Christian event on and the gospel was being preached. And uh, the last story I'd say is uh, I saw a, recently saw a celebrity, uh, quite a well-known celebrity over here in Australia. And once again, first time I saw him, went, oh my goodness, I should share Jesus with him. Now, I'm in a city, I was in the city of Perth. I rarely, rarely go to Perth. And I'm in, in Perth and I see this guy and two days later, my friend and I are like, we should go out and do some outreach, share Jesus with people. Mm. I get a picture of a multi-story car park. My friend says, let's go to the city. I'm like, okay, let's go to the city. We drive into this multi-story car park that I'd never been to. I didn't even mm. know where parking was in the city of Perth. And as I pull into the parking lot, this celebrity, his car pulls up behind wow. my car. We're 25 minutes and two, like 25 minutes away from when I first saw him. Mm. And we're two days away from when I first mm. saw him. And like the timing, had it been 30 seconds before or 30 seconds after, you know, it was just, mm. he literally pulled in behind us. And I said to my mate, I said, oh my goodness, that's that guy. Yeah. 20 minutes later, with tears in his eyes, I'm praying for this man. And I said to him, did you grow up, you know, do you have a faith? He said, no, I don't have a faith. He said, I, I grew up, you know, as, as an Anglican, but I'm not a practicing Christian. Yeah. I said, mate, you don't need to practice Christianity. You need to practice a relationship with God. And I said, it doesn't matter how famous you get, you'll always be drinking salt water. You'll never be satisfied until mm. you know God and you know that you are known by Him. And it was just a stunning time. But once again, it was just the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God. And so I, I want to encourage people off those stories. God will build His church. God is drawing people. The question is, do you want to be a part of this? Do you want to be a part of this great harvest? Because it's time. People need the Lord. And uh, even on schoolies here, we have seen uh, so many young people here in Australia make decisions for Jesus. Um, and and you'd look at them and you'd go, they're just out at a club. They're just, you know, a religious mindset would go, oh, the youth of, you know, these, these heathen, awful, sinning youth, you know, this is Sodom and Gomorrah and we should just leave them. But God moved towards the woman caught in adultery. 
you know, Jesus yeah. moved towards her. And we can make a difference wherever we are. Absolutely. If we'll just be willing to just open our mouths and allow the Spirit of God to speak through us, and then our natural words and His supernatural Spirit combine and something happens in people that can change their lives forever. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. How would you encourage somebody to stay passionate? Like you're very passionate about sharing God's love with people. Yeah. Um, and I guess sometimes you might feel a bit tired or, or whatever. Like how do you stay so passionate about yeah. um, getting out there and, and, and sharing God's love? Fall in love. Fall in love with God. Mm. Fall in love with people. And if you're not feeling like you're in love, start dating him again. Mm. You know, every now and then I'm like, I got to go to a conference, or I got to, mm. I got to put some worship music on, or I need to go surfing, or I need to, you know, I've just got to do something. It's like if you, uh, a friend of mine, he sings this song. He says, "If you feel like you're going through the motions, just take your hands and just let go." And it's this sense of like. If you feel like you're going through the motions of your Christian journey, you need to stop and you need to allow God to just wreck you. And a friend of mine, he said, uh, he said this, I shouldn't actually call him a friend, although everyone's kind of my friend. <laughs> he was a, a, a pastor that I met once. Yeah. And, uh, and he said, uh, he'd been in ministry for 30 years. I said, how have you stayed so fresh? I asked him this question because I'm like, he was 30 years in ministry as a local church pastor and he loved the Lord. He loved the church. He loved, you know, I was like, tell me your secret. He said to me, keep a sweet spirit. The enemy wants you to become bitter. And too mm. often when Christians mm. become bitter, yeah. they become broken and ineffective. He said, keep a sweet spirit. He said, the second thing is, Always stay amazed. He said, the moment you yawn when you hear a testimony mm. of a salvation or you're like, oh no, a baptism. Oh, that's going to be so inconvenient. We're going to have to spend an extra 10 minutes in the service baptizing this. But you have got to check yourself. Mm, so We've got to stay amazed at the activity of God. And so even like, uh, like this week up here in the Gold Coast, just reminding myself, oh my goodness, People are meeting Jesus. Mm. This will change their lives, yeah. their future spouses' lives if they get married, their children if they get, have children. This will change, like, mm. this is someone's eternity. And to, like, just, like, allow that to capture your heart again. And, you know, to focus on the cross and go, whoa, Jesus, you did that for me? You know, and if we, if we, if we feel like we're losing it, like, I just encourage people just to stop and to wait and to sit with the Lord and just to ask him like, oh God, just remind me of your love for me. And then you think about that cross and and just sit in that. And oh man, yeah. that'll undo you every time. Mm. So yeah, that, there's my thoughts. Fall in love, fall mm. in love. And if, you, if you're not feeling the love, start dating again, put the worship music on. Um, and, and get out on the streets and like share Jesus with someone. Mm. Um, I find when you when you see new life, it inspires. It inspires you to want it to see more. Mm. So, yeah. I think that's a really great place to bring the conversation to a close. Um, how do people get in contact with you? Um, like what's like? So you do still go out and you speak in places. Plus, you're also doing work with. 
um, Youth for Christ. Uh, what's the best way someone can get in contact? Well, the best way is probably actually going to be just to Google <laughs> Pastor Andrew Scarborough or Evangelist Andrew Scarborough. There's an actor by the name of Andrew Scarborough. It's not me. He's a British he actor. He may not reply. <laughs> yeah, he may not reply. Um, but, you know, we've got several websites that we, that we uh, I guess, are affiliated with. So thescarboroughs.com, um, that has a lot of my blogs and, and, and details, different messages, links to my books that I've written, all of that. So that's thescarboroughs.com. Uh, yfc.org.au, uh, especially for those that are interested in evangelism to young people. Mm. Um, and uh, arrowadvice.com, I uh, use that for some of my coaching and so, yeah, and I'm, I'm very active on, on social media, uh, YouTube, all of that. I'm, I'm very careful to not allow it to take the place of my intimacy with the Lord and not to become something that I'm too active on, but I'm active enough. And so um, people can connect with me on social media as well. Yeah, great. Well, thank you so much oh, thank for you. Uh, having a conversation with me today. It's always good to, um, to be inspired. And I really hope that this will inspire others as well who are going to be watching and listening on the podcast. And uh, yeah, so thanks guys for watching. Make sure you remember to go out there and walk in the, the area that God's called you to be walking in and uh, just encourage you to just, um, yeah, just go full on for it. Thanks heaps. So good. Wow, that conversation was just so much fun. I learned so much. Uh, I think for me, one of my favorite points was just do something. Um, your something is better than someone else's nothing. So even if all you can do today is say hello to somebody on the streets, tell somebody that Jesus loves them, pray for a friend, just do something. If you need to get in contact with Andrew, you can do so through social media, obviously, so on Facebook and Instagram, uh, or you can go to his website, thescarboroughs.com, uh, or you can also go through and find his coaching resources on arrowadvice.com, where he's got some, uh, some online courses that you can get access to there. Uh, he's also got some books available if uh, you prefer to be reading some of his books. Um, so, and also don't forget to check out yfc.org.au, that's Youth for Christ. Uh, Youth for Christ are doing amazing things with youth in this country. I encourage you to check it out. And until next time, make sure you go out there, get outside the walls of your church, outside of your home, go and make a difference in the world. You've been given a unique gifting and God wants, to, wants you to use that for His kingdom purposes. So get out there. Do something, start something, and we'll see you on the next podcast.